カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Been so moved by our practice period. We're on the 20th day. And last night, our Dharma friend, Genyo Kojima, said this very beautiful thing at the, near the end of his talk. He said that social responsibility is supporting the people who have supported you. The question is not about what you do as a job of your station or anything like that. The question is, how do I want to be? This is the way, he says. Very beautiful. To think about social responsibility, many of us come to this practice because of our own struggles. And sometimes we have our own struggles with the way the world is. Many of us feel not connected or not part of, or have questions about our connections in part. It was very beautiful thinking about social responsibility. About, that means to support. So, how are you supporting the community? How are you showing up? And it's so interesting. So the question is not about what you, what to do. What am I doing? The question is how do I want to be? How do you want to be in your life? How do I want, perhaps even others, to experience me, and for me to experience myself? Inside of myself? How can I be open and available? It's a wonderful question. How can we find our own integration and connection with this world? In the text this morning, 
Uchiyama Roshi says, it is not valid <laughs> to equate a fact as real as it may seem to be with the truth. It is just self-deception. We deceive ourselves by believing that a fact existing in our minds is an absolute truth. I feel like it's so important to really, to me, this is where the vigor of practice lies. How are you actually working with your mind? And mostly, to me, it's like, how are you separating? Saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not heard. I'm not seen. And then we make that into a larger truth. of self-deception. It's very painful. I remember for many years, I would think that actually, I was so sure that I was because I was so in, invested in being liked that I would felt like that was the primary thing. And if I wasn't liked, the truth was that I wouldn't belong. It was so insane. Because the reality is, though people like you and people don't like you. <laughs> but I was so afraid of the truth that I had artificially created in my mind. So it's a wonderful inquiry into what are these truths that you are telling yourself about what you think reality is, about what, who you think you are. Kenyon very generously talked about his own self-deception when he was afraid of basically taking his role in life, that he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to commit. And is that really the absolute truth? It turned out not to be. I wonder how you're deceiving yourself. I shared this on New Year's, this teaching from Taizan Maizumi Roshi about self-deception, because these, these three teachings that he found really important for himself. 
He said, in the ten grave precepts, we vow from refrain from lying. And yet, in the early stages of our practice, we might interpret this admonition dualistically to mean not lying to others. In truth, every time we lie, we lie to ourselves. And we're the only one we consistently fool. Others are seldom conned by us. For as long as we con ourselves. I mean, it's so wonderful to really think about how have you conned yourself? How have you deceived yourself? How do you make yourself small? At its most profound level, he says, my greatest self-deceit is the, self, the deceit of self. All of my ego reinforcing views. Me, 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 what I like, what I don't like. Me, me, me. In daily life, this teaching reminds me that unless I practice consistently and devotedly on a cushion, I cannot practice at the kitchen sink. Without practice, my views devolve either into self-congratulation or self-criticism. And both are deceptions. I'm doing great, or I'm doing terrible. It's so easy to swing one way or the other. He says, practice starts with me. So practice starts when we start to cut through our self-deception. To like really look at these just as Dogen and Uchiyama are talking about. All these many layers. It's incredible. I had lunch with a friend today who I've known for like, I don't know, since 1992, where we both worked at a, a Buddhist magazine, the tricycle, and now he's the editor of the magazine. 
But just remember, it reminded me, reflect on that time all those years ago. Where I was really trying to actually use working at this place, using my position, almost like externalizing the practice. I was working at Tricycle Magazine. Whoa, was, I thought it was like so cool. At that time, it was like very exciting because it was like the first kind of magazine at the time. And maybe that's part of the path. At least it's definitely a part of mine. But it's this process of being willing to keep looking at that. Kind of just understanding where we are. Wow, I'm really at a stage where I'm kind of fooling myself. Externalizing. As if I could put on this robe and then, then I'll be something. I used to tell everybody about it. I was up meditating, I was a Buddhist, and worked at Tricycle Magazine. And I can still remember like kind of telling those stories. It's almost like I was trying to hypnotize people into thinking that I was cool or something. seeing it as a fact, which became a truth that I was a spiritual person. Which I, I was. So it's such an interesting thing that sometimes the truths that we're telling ourselves may be also true But maybe we don't have to turn them into this absolute truth, or the need to make them into absolute truths. And in many ways, I wasn't taking responsibility for my behavior. So I just wonder how we all do that. And how do we really look at the subtle and not subtle ways we're doing that and how we're impacting other people? Hmm. How are we living in harmony with the three treasures? And to me, there's something about the living in harmony which feels more integrated. Not the idea of living in harmony, but actually thinking about how our thoughts, words, and actions, and how we're staying in relationship as an expression of that harmony.
in the full text that Ginyu-san also talked about, I think is really helpful. Uchiyama says, an example frequently appearing in newspaper advice columns will illuminate this. My present marriage is an arranged one, but recently I've really fallen in love with a girl where I work. I'm in love for the first time, and I sure want to marry her. Please tell me what I should do. So you see all the externalizing. Then Uchiyama says, people often whine about some ridiculous problem like this. <laughs> you can really feel him, you know. <laughs> Perhaps I give the impression that I have not, but that is not the case. When I was young, I suffered over the same kind of problem. So I'm not making fun of every. I anguished terribly over a similar sort of thing and wound up killing two women in my life with whining, whining them to death. Ever do that? I certainly have done that. All right, Chetta. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the incessant complaining it does take away life our own and others it actually kind of kills relationships he says, precisely because I have suffered through this kind of anguish, I've come to realize that the problem lies in the area of the word really. In the phrase, I have really fallen in love. In short, to say that you have not you have found a person you love more than your spouse may be a fact existing as a thought or feeling in your heart. But it is not valid to equate a fact as real as it may seem to be with the truth. It's just self-deception. And we deceive ourselves by believing that a fact exists in our minds is an absolute truth. We don't often take into account this social responsibility. Of how our actions affect others. Because we create these truths and then we start acting out of them. Whining people to death, complaining. What would it be like to actually live in harmony with the three treasures? To speak clearly about what we feel is off and address it. 
and really be clear about how we feel inside of ourselves and how we're serving others. So important and so rare. How do we get out of our own way of all these kind of solidified, chunky stories, these truths, and learn how to just show up? To me, this is one of the reasons why I love Zazen so much. To me, it's a practice of love, of just returning, noticing our kind of bullshit and coming back, noticing our stuff, how we follow thoughts, and just come back. There's compassion training. There's learning how to be loving. And that's why we need each other, to remind each other of what's most important. So happy to practice with all of you.